Understand your word, reflect on your word, embrace your word, because it is life to us. It's health, healing, medicine, it's it's light, it's understanding. Your word is everything. We read these pages, but we see Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, for the living word coming into our hearts and our minds today. Renew us, restore us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So we're still at healing school. Amen. Healing and miracle school. Amen. (laughs) So I thought I'd talk to you today about which way did you went. Amen. Don't judge me. Don't correct my grammar. I I said what I meant. Uh Uh-huh. Which way did you went? <laughs> Amen. So we, of course, we have that phrase in, <laughs> in Christianity <clears throat> about wenting. And, uh, that comes from the story of the ten lepers. Um, and Jesus told them to go show. And as they went, they were healed. And so we've kind of adopted that as a method to receive our healing and actually to receive a lot of things uh, from God. Faith is an action, and uh, we need to understand that. When you believe God, there is a corresponding action to your faith. The first thing that the way that we, we express our faith is with our words. You've got to say yes and amen to what God's already given you. Amen. Uh, and I mean in everything. If, if your health is, is weak or it's failing or there are some things that are uh, not right with you physically, uh, you need to embrace the word of healing. Amen. And, uh, accept and say yes and amen to the fact that by his stripes you are healed. Amen. And begin to express that, begin to act it out, begin to allow the spirit of faith to guide you back into health. Amen. And uh, there is a difference between wenting and waiting. Many times people will say, I'm waiting on the manifestation. But if faith is in action, why are you waiting? See? There's something that the spirit of faith is telling you to do to move towards your miracle or move towards your answer. So since faith is in action, it's always on the move. If nothing else, you're feeding on God's word, meditating on it, and your faith is being stirred. So faith is moving on the inside of you and moving and allowing you to um, get closer to what what your desire is. Amen. Faith is the substance from which your answer is made. And so, you know, you can say that you're making your faith. Amen. Or you're making, God is making your miracle or he's making your answer. But always think about yourself as moving toward it and not sitting waiting for it to drop itself into your lap. Because many times in the waiting, faith is turned off. It's shut off. 
And so we have to keep it on at all times. <clears throat> Oftentimes, we will have our faith, our faith will lead us to do things that maybe are not even related to our healing or related to our miracle. Not as far as we can see, but in the spirit realm, it is because faith is faith. Faith gets strengthened when it's used. And so if you're, you're not well and you use your faith to bless somebody else, say you, you offer up prayers for somebody, you're exercising your faith on somebody else's behalf and it becomes strengthened with use. So what you want to do is keep your faith in a strong position and in an active and turned on position so that at any time you can be healed. Amen. Uh, if, as long as your faith is turned on, you can be healed at any time. When it's switched off, you stop the process. So the winting process is really uh, a process that we talk about that can <clears throat> activate your faith to receive a miracle but when you look at the word, and I was looking at this, the Lord showed me this the other day. He said, winting has two purposes. He said, you can went to receive your miracle, but also you can went to keep your miracle. So which way did you went? Amen. So winting has two purposes. One is to receive and obtain your healing or your miracle. The other one is to maintain it. Amen. So we'll see that in the scripture. We'll see how far we can get with this. <clears throat> but we know the lepers were healed as they went. Amen. There were others who went to stay healed. <clears throat> we need to understand that winting puts the law of faith in operation. Your inner man responds to the spirit of faith and thereby begins to control your actions. If your outer man is running the show, you're living by sight and not so much by faith. Say, for instance, if you wake up with symptoms in your body, and who doesn't from time to time? Amen? <clears throat> it's amazing to me, oftentimes when you're young and energetic, you consider not aches and pains. And they fade into the background of your attention. Amen. And so if you don't consider them, they don't get a chance to grow. You know, there's some people that show up at emergency room once a week. Now, that's something that wouldn't even, con you know, to a child of God who walks by a little bit of faith, you wouldn't even consider running to the doctor with every ache and pain. But there are some people who consider their body so much that they know when something's out of whack, the slightest little thing that goes on. When I was in nursing school, nurses and doctors were like the worst ones for considering symptoms. You know, you didn't feel good and you one of one of the interns wasn't busy and you say, Hey, look at this for me. Take a look at this. <laughs> you know, you're always inspecting yourselves. Amen. 
And doctors, too. They check each other out, take each other's blood, draw blood, you know, run this through there for me, see what this is about. Amen. I remember I worked in psychiatry, and and there was one doctor, he tried every pill that he gave his patients. And I'm saying, huh? He said, oh, yeah, that's that's bad. Oh, no, 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 no. He said, well, of course I take it if I'm going to give it to somebody. And I thought to myself, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Now, I thought it was something wrong with that, brother, honestly. But they would try a lot of them. They say, you know, patients always complain. I took some of it and went so bad, you know. And so you have to understand that what you pay attention to does kind of tend to grow on you. Amen. Now, I'm not saying avoid things and be afraid of them. But you got to confront them and address them. And say, now, Lord, this is just a little simple ache. I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. I'm not going to consider this. I'm going to put it down. And I thank you that I'm healed. You've spoken to the mountain. And you commanded it to be removed with your faith. Faith and and, uh, confidence are attention. You got me? They can can draw attention to anything. So anything you put your confidence in, by the law of faith, continues to grow and get bigger. Things that you don't put your confidence in tend to diminish, especially if you address them with the word. Amen. You don't sit up and watch something every minute to see if it's removed or see if it's gone. You just believe by faith. You've made the command of faith and that thing has to obey you. Amen. And so, and that's keeping it in the spirit. If you put it back in the natural, you're checking it all the time. See, a lot of times that's doubt. You don't believe the command of faith works. So you continue to check it. Amen. But if you can just stay in faith with things, they will obey and respond to the law of faith because you've commanded it and not doubt. Amen. Now, you might be tempted to want to look at it and you say, no, God, I'm not going to doubt. I believe that that thing is obeying me and it will disappear when you don't know. Amen. But it must go. Amen. You must believe that it must go. So, Winting puts the law of faith in operation. Your inner man responds to the spirit of faith and begins to control your actions. There is always a corresponding action to your faith. So instead of saying you're waiting, say you're winting. Amen. Say, God, I'm moving toward my answer. I'm moving toward the removal of all symptoms. I'm removing toward restoring my health. Amen. Steps and the steps that you tend to take. Number one, you seek God. When there's something wrong in your body, you seek God. Amen. And oftentimes the answer will be near you in your mouth and in your heart. So many times when you notice a pain, you immediately start speaking to it. Well, that's the spirit of faith is already in operation in you. Amen. If it does not remove in a reasonable amount of time, you might seek God and say, now, God, this thing isn't moving yet. And many times he'll say, just keep doing what you're doing. 
Because the law of faith will work. It will take care of this thing. And so if you stay with that, like keep it in the arena of you and God and you trusting his counsel to minister to you and to lead you and to guide you, then you will get the desired result. In fact, God's word always brings the desired desired result. Amen. So when we talk about seeking God, you lawyer up. Amen. You need a counselor. You need a lawyer. You need an advocate because there's a symptom here that's threatening you. And you know you belong to God. You know you're blood-bought. You know you're saved. You know your sins are forgiven. You know you've received the atonement. And so we need to have counsel to attack this symptom and get it out of the way. And many times there's some familiar roads that we go down that seem to always work for us. Amen. That's the beauty part about God's covenant. Many times when you have symptoms, you already know what to do. Amen. You begin to speak to them, take authority over them. Amen. If you have ought against any, forgive. Don't forget that important little thing. Amen. And and allow God's righteousness to rise up in you. That's that's going to be your advocate, is, is the righteousness that's imputed to you when you obey God's word. And so when you believe God's word. So God will give you a corresponding action that's necessary to release your faith. And once you start that on the road of releasing your faith, just continue to do it. And this is where many times people fall down is they cease doing what's necessary. They, they quit on the road to receiving the whole of their miracle. They stop, and it, it's like a runner that stopped for a drink of water and forgot he was in a race. That's why in a real race, you ever notice those people that, that are the coaches and, and cheerleaders for their favorite runner? What do they do? They run right along with them and give, if you got something for them to drink, you give it to them while you're running with them. You don't stop them. Huh? So our faith should never be put on pause. It should always be being expressed until we get the whole of our symptoms alleviated. Till we get the whole function. Till we get the whole of the pain gone. Till we get, you understand what I'm saying? You get the whole thing. God doesn't want us just to have a life where we tolerate things that come from the devil. Amen? Because see, the devil's never satisfied. If you give him a, a, a hangnail, you know, he want to take your whole finger off. I mean, it can start from something really, really simple. And if he can get involved in it, he'll, he'll make it, you know, rot off, fall off or something. If he can, he'll just take it. And so we have to be vigilant over this and, and not just put up with things because they're quote unquote not too bad. Amen. You want to, it, it should be a principle, you know, an act of, you know, just, just cause it's wrong. You know, sickness is wrong. It's not, it, it, it was given 
through disobedience because man disobeyed, God had to allow sickness to come upon us. But he is so ever ready to remove it. He's just there waiting for us to reach out in faith and and ask him to get involved and counsel us and, and lead us back into health. That's where he wants us to be. Jesus died for us to receive everything. Everything that we we get as a result of this covenant comes at a really high price. We couldn't pay the price of punishment for you know you some people you know they'll they'll well you know I I did this wrong and I did that wrong in my life and you know they get kind of casual about you couldn't pay the punishment for most of us you know what our parents if your parents would tell you girl you better quit doing that I'm gonna whoop you and we keep doing it and the minute they raise the the belt you go oh mama quit quit stop stop see that shows you you couldn't take the punishment for your sin Cause you scream and make your mama quit hitting you with a little switch or a little belt. How are we going to sit back and take more than 40 stripes? Okay, so cut that nonsense out, y'all, okay? Just run to Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much that you took that entire beating for me. I never could have took it. You understand what I'm saying? Yo, our feelings get hurt if somebody looks at us the wrong way. How are you going to take all that punishment for your own sin? I'm serious. You know, I mean, think about it. So get on it. Start renouncing. Start believing God. Get in your word. Let the Lord build up your faith and help you to get in that place of wholeness that place of soundness, spirit, soul, mind, and body. He's got stuff he wants you to do, and and it requires being sound. You understand what I'm saying? In every area of your body. And if you're not sound in every area yet, at least you're on your way there. Amen. You are wenting, and you are believing God. Amen. The other thing you do to release your faith is to worship God. Even on bad days, lift your hands and start thanking him. Just start mumbling it to yourself. Amen. If nothing else, let her, let your inner self begin to speak to God. Stay in constant contact with him. Amen. And continue to feast on the medicine of the word. You never have too much word in you. Amen. Continue to feast on the medicine of the word. <sighs> Winting is an act of faith that is a step towards your miracle. Faith is always an act. Amen. When we're waiting, anything can happen. When you're winting, you're after something specific. Amen. So be winting, not waiting. You need to know winting says it's already there and I am moving toward it. Amen. My faith is taking me toward my miracle. Amen. So, so 
which way did you went? We got to went to get it, we said, and we got to went to keep it. If you'll turn to Mark chapter 2. see which one of these do I want. No, turn to Luke 17. We'll start with the 10 lepers first. Luke 17, 10. I'm sorry. Yeah, like I said, one of them. <laughs> Just open the Bible. That's, that's what you do. Just open it. Open it. <laughs> Amen. And uh, let me see. Um, okay, verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go. Show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, which saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Not one of them was found to return to give glory to God except this stranger. And he said to him, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now, <clears throat> when he, these men are crying out to, to Jesus and they had already been diagnosed as unclean. At least nine of them for sure, we believe. And why do we believe that? Because they're still on their way to show themselves to the priest. See, their faith, faith can operate in, in different ways in different people. This man being a Samaritan, which means the Samaria was really, um, uh, uh, at one time, it was the, was it the southern or northern capital? Judah was was in one province and Israel was in the other. Samaria was the capital, I think, of Judah. And so it it was at one time a place where worship happened and all of that. But over the years, it had fallen into backsliddenness, idolatry, and so other gods came in. So the Jews who were in Israel then began to look down on the Samaritans even though many of them had worshipped God with them at one time. So the Samaritans now were considered to be outsiders. They weren't any more Hebrews in that place doing worship anymore. They'd kind of been driven out and overtaken by people who were pretty much pagan, but kind of were had a touch of of their religion uh, from centuries before. And so they were sometimes a remnant people, but definitely not keeping the laws. They weren't keeping the traditions. And so uh, the woman, remember the Syrophoenician woman said uh, the, the Jews referred to her as a dog. They said the same thing about Samaritans as well. And, and they didn't expect much out of the people of Samaria anymore. And so here you have 
a man who's kind of at a distance from the covenant, but still he's in in with them. He's in that group with them because of his disease. So the need for God is always a great equalizer. Amen. Uh, it, it'll it'll keep us all in the same same boat in the, having the same desire because they all have leprosy and they all desire to be healed. So, and Jesus sees them all the same. He's not making a difference between that that what God re, he refers to him as a stranger. He means stranger from the covenant that they are are part of. He probably wasn't circumcised. They had long ago quit circumcising people that were living in Samaria now. And so the traditions had fallen off. Uh, but even the Jewish people were living under the law, but not obeying the law as well either. So standing afar off, well, that's your social distancing. Properly applied. Social distancing comes, you know, they, it's a cute word for quarantine. They don't want to say quarantine because then we know what the deal is. Amen. But quarantine is what you do to sick people to keep them away from well people. You don't call it quarantine well people. Just saying. Throwing no shade on nobody, just saying. You got me? See, God is up to something, folks. He is separating out people who believe him from people who just go through the motions. Amen? If there's any time to stand on the word of divine health, it's now. And there are many people who don't do it. They let that go. And then they depend on something else. Amen. A mask, a shot, a this, a that. And God always protects his people through his word and his blood covenant. Amen. So you have a higher court to appeal to. You have the court of heaven to appeal to. And that word will keep you well. Amen. Put all your confidence in God's word. You know, don't try to split it off and believe a little word here and, you know, a little social distancing there and a little action with your mask over here and a little bit of this over there. Always keep your confidence in God's word. Amen. It's bigger than six feet apart. Amen. It's bigger than your mask. His word is bigger than all of that. And so once, because we're, we're being confronted with a choice during this time you're going to continue to believe god worship god or are you going to fall in line and then get in fear see one is it's fear over on that other side you got me you see people writing down their neighbor's address and reporting them to the police if they see cars in the driveway you got me there's a lot of fear out there and you stay in god's word you stay under the word and you'll be fine. This word has taken care of people since since creation and it'll continue to take care of us. Amen. Don't don't get offended at me because I'm telling you the truth now. 
But this is a time you can get on a slippery slope trusting in things other than. You, under, you understand? I had somebody text me and, oh, good to, good to hear from you, woman of God, and yada, yada, yada. And at the end they said, stay safe. I said, always, I'm under the blood. I said, I'm under the blood of Jesus. I ain't heard no more from him. Get off of my horn telling me that stay safe. I said, I'm always safe. I'm under his blood. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was safe before this stuff even showed up. Why people mess with me. Yeah, think they know better. <laughs> Devil's always trying though. So the fact that these men stood afar off means that they were set apart by the priest who had the power to diagnose disease. He would examine them if they had an outbreak. Really, leprosy is is was probably uh, uh, any kind of skin rash, or there started out as any skin disease, because the priest would examine them from for a period of time, and if there were if the spots didn't disappear, or if they cleared up, or you know, he could tell if it was leprosy when it was recovered. When it was, when they had to be quarantined, all of that kind of stuff. And so these men were considered to be unclean. When Jesus shows up, they don't, they don't yell unclean anymore. What do they cry? Uh huh. See, when Jesus shows up, you better change your confession. You understand what I'm saying? Cause this is your time. Amen. These men knew this was their time. And instead of them saying unclean, they said, no, we're going to cry out for mercy. We're going to stop this because this is our chance. This man heals everybody. He's he's open and blinded eyes. He's raising the dead. He's preaching and teaching the people in power and he's anointed. No, this is my opportunity. I'm going to step on this. Amen. And so they decide to stop him and ask him for what they desire. Amen. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Amen. Have mercy. Now, when we we see them asking for mercy like that, it's, it's because it was like we don't really have a covenant right to ask you to heal us. But we hear that God is a God. He's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. Under their covenant, the Bible tells us that they were commanded to obey God, diligently hearken to his word, and they would be healed. But they were sick. So there was something wrong somewhere. They were either in some kind of disobedience and refused to correct it. They either didn't make the appropriate sacrifice and go to the priest to be recovered, or they had given up trying to to obey. You got me? And just say, oh, well, I'm just, you know, whatever. I guess I'll just stay sick until I die. The woman with the issue of blood was was like that. Amen? For 12 years. She was bleeding nonstop 
but couldn't get the bleeding to stop. One of the things that you got to take into consideration is that these people are not just disobedient, unruly people. They are in a system where they are dependent on a priesthood to minister to them. So you don't know if the problem is the priesthood isn't doing their job anymore, which happened a lot in Israel. When when Naomi and her husband and her two sons wound up in Moab, you find out in the husband's bloodline is a priesthood. So he's walked off from the priesthood because of the famine. Why don't you go back and do what you, that's why he died, both his sons died, and left three widows in one household. See, when you disobey God, you shorten your life. Especially under the old covenant, you didn't get a break too much. So when they saw Jesus coming through healing any and everybody, no matter what their story was and what their history was, everybody cried for mercy. See, mercy will get you a miracle. Standing on your covenant will get you a miracle, but mercy will get you a miracle too. Amen? There are a lot of mercy miracles. Right place, right time, under the anointing. Amen? (laughs) So here are these three lepers. They cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Amen? And they get what they ask for. Because immediately he tells them, go show. Go show yourself to the priest. Amen? As they went, they were healed. That go show is your instruction from your advocate, from your lawyer. When you lawyer up and Jesus tells you what to do, that's your go show. Amen. Go do. Go say. Go listen to the word. Go worship me. Go have communion. Amen. Go whatever it is. Your go show. And they all took off in obedience. And as they went, they were cleansed. Amen. Now, if you had already been pronounced unclean by the priest, you had a right if your disease disappeared and you got cleansed at home, and you saw yourself, your skin recover, you went and showed yourself to the priest and he verified that you were healed. So it's like your, your doctor, you know, if, if you go to a healing meeting or God tells you, you know, you heal, you have a lump and it goes down, it disappears. When you go to the doctor, they'll say, well, I don't know what happened, but that thing's not here anymore. Amen. You go show yourself to the one that gave you the diagnosis. Amen. And get it totally confirmed. Now, some people don't go nowhere. You know, many people have confidence in God and they bring their lumps to the altar 
and get prayed for and they disappear and, and they have confidence that they're made whole. It depends on what your faith confidence tells you. Amen. But you have a right to go and get checked out. Amen. If, if, if you feel that that's going to give you another cushion of comfort or something like that, or if you've gone to the doctor and they have given you a diagnosis. Amen. Sometimes you can, can disconnect yourself from needing an outside verification for your health and your healing. You know, people will say things like, well, uh, you know, that the cancer came back or that this came back. I know people that have stopped it and said, no, I'm not receiving that. No, I'm healed. This affliction is not coming on me again. And they're, they're five and ten years away from that incident and they're fine. You understand what I'm saying? And so you don't need that all the time. But if you have been given that, amen, and you, God's word will stand, God's healing will stand up to the doctor's scrutiny, folks. That is not a problem for God. And so as they went, they were healed. They would have to have been healed on the way. It couldn't happen after they got to the priest. It would have to happen before. And so Jesus was working with their faith that they had. Because all of them knew that the minute these spots disappear, I can go to the priest and he can pronounce me clean and I can go back to my family. That's what everybody looked forward to. So Jesus worked according to the faith that they were using. He knew deep down what the law was. He was the one that wrote the law. But because they believed him and they went, they were healed as they went. Amen. As they went obeying the law of faith, as they went obeying the command of faith, as they went obeying the instructions from their advocate, they were healed. Amen? The one man looked and saw he was healed and came back. And this man was a Samaritan. Now the chances, chances are very good that this man had never ever been examined by the priest. Why? Because he wasn't a Jew. He was a Samaritan. A good Jew, when he breaks out in spots, goes to the priest because he has no choice. People turn him in. The family turns him in. Somebody who sees him. Oh, unclean, unclean. They even call them unclean themselves. Amen. And that means everybody's social distance away from me. I am contaminated. Amen. They make people scatter so they don't come in contact with him because he's contagious. Amen. And so, because this man has not been to the priest. He's obeying what Jesus tells him to do. He figures, hey, I'm going to go along with it because that's what he told me to do. I told him I want to be healed. He said, this is what mercy looks like. You go and show yourself to the priest. And he was the only one who looked down at himself and noticed he was already healed. 
See, the other ones being under the law were waiting for the priest to tell them. Amen. To take them off the list. And so this man looked down at himself and they all were healed as they went. But he was the only one who realized that he had just received a miracle from God. So he turns around and begins to thank and glorify God. He separates himself from the rest of the pack. See, sometimes in order to receive your miracle, you got to separate yourself from the rest of the pack. You can't just be repeating what you hear somebody else say. You can't just be pretending that you're in faith. You've got to let your faith take over and show you who you are. Amen. And so this man separates himself out before he was trying to blend in. Amen. Because he sees these other lepers there and he's included with them because they've got the same disease. He hears them crying out for mercy. He said, mm, I'm going to try that. I'll cry out for mercy too. But when he looks at himself and realizes he's healed, he breaks away from the pack. Amen. See, his faith is working in him in a different way than these other men. These other men, their faith is working, but they're under the law. So they got to be obedient to the law that tells them that they got to show themselves to the priests. Then and only then can they go back home. Can they be with their families? Can they have a normal life? The man who's not under the law realizes, oh my, this is all I need. All I needed was a word to obey the word of the master. This disease is gone. I'm going to go back and thank this man that prayed that prayed for me and worship God, and then I'm going home. He had that all inside of him all along. You see how faith is higher than the law is? Many times we put ourselves under the law. Huh? If I don't confess the word enough, I won't get my healing. If I don't worship God until my arm gets tired, I won't get my healing. If I don't read my word for two hours a day, I won't get my healing. See, this little Samaritan smarter than them. Amen. He cut himself loose. At first he was trying to be one of them. He said, let me go and get in this pack right here because these people know God. Huh? You get around people, they talk real good, they sound real powerful and everything. You think they can know God more than you do. So you try to pal with them, imitate them, do like they do, and think you're going to get what you need from God because you do what they do. Huh? Then it'll hit you. Amen. (laughs) And you got to make up your mind. Do I go with the religious thing or do I go with God? 
Because I'd have been touched by God right up in here. Huh? Do I go with the anointing? Huh? You know, we've had people come to our meetings. People told them, don't go over there. With, Ooh. <laughs> that woman's a witch. Look at them nails. Huh? <laughs> don't go over there with them people. She ain't got no covering. Ask her where her husband is. In heaven. Huh? You know, and people in the world look at us and make fun of us. Because they got sense enough to know that God could call a woman to do anything. Need your husband's permission to preach? Huh? I could get a wind-up husband to just prop him up and sit him up. I'm going to say, there he is. Baby, wave your hand. I'll get Miss Nola to sit behind him and lift his hand up. Crazy people. Listen, either your faith is going to do the whole job or it's not going to do anything for you. Amen. And that's what Jesus was showing them, that the superiority of faith over the law. He demonstrated that continually. And then this man comes back, he turns around, and Jesus said, weren't there ten, this is verse 17, cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found any that return to give glory to God except this stranger. What's he mean by stranger? Well, you don't have a covenant with God. He's not a Jew. He's not under the old covenant. Amen? And then he said to the stranger, Arise, go your way. Now you hear what he said? What happened to go to the priest? Woo! Come on now. See, if nothing else, this will show you the superiority of works of faith over works of the law. Works of faith will always do the job. See, they were all healed as they went, but nine of them were going to go and show themselves to the priest anyhow. They were under the law, but faith is always superior to the law. So what Jesus was saying is that these other nine were healed just like he was, but they didn't recognize it was God that healed them. Oh, come on now. See, they think healing comes from them obeying the law. You got me? And once you're under that, you got to stay under that. So they were healed anyway. Go to the priest and let the priest pronounce you clean. Let him examine you and let him pronounce you. Amen? But this man responds to a higher law. 
the law of faith. And he looks at himself and he said, now wait a minute, God did this. Nobody but God could take them spots off me. Nobody but God could do that for me. So he comes back to give God the glory. Amen? But look at what Jesus tells him. He says to the man, arise. Go where you want to go. In other words, you don't have to go to the priest. You're not under the law. You're under a higher law. You worship the God of the priest, not the priest. Amen. You worship the God who has the power to forgive, not the one who tells you about the God who can forgive. Amen. So Jesus releases him from any other further instruction. He said, your faith is complete. He said, you got enough in you not only to get this healing this time, but to stay healed. In other words, don't go to that priest because that brother may not be good. <laughs> well, the priest probably wouldn't even want to see him anyway. You understand what I'm saying? So he's under a different law. He's under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Jesus was demonstrating he was completing and fulfilling the Old Testament law but he also was introducing the New Testament. Amen? The New Covenant. So he was demonstrating the new while they were living under the old. Amen? And you'll see that the new always wins out. So here this man is set free from any other uh, stipulation, any other restriction. Jesus tells him to go where you want to go. Amen? You're free. You're not unclean anymore because you know you're healed. Amen. Your faith gives you a knowing on the inside as to what God has done for you and what God's doing for you. So faith is that knowing. Amen. Faith is always that knowing. Amen. Amen. As you are winting, you are being healed. So look for signs of improvement. Amen. Look for signs of improvement as you went. Amen. <clears throat> Miss Vicky, thank you. I was going to get that. I really was. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> when the lepers cried out to Jesus, there was faith in their cry. Have mercy on me is a cry of faith. Amen. It's a cry of faith. There was an expectancy. There was a desire. There was an anticipation that Jesus would give them a favorable response. Amen. When he said, go show yourselves to the priest, they had to also make an offering you never went to the priest without an offering, okay, folks? So there was an offering required. If you were of of means, you took a larger animal. If your means were meager, you took a turtle dove or, or an, a clean bird to offer as a sacrifice so that God could 
respond to your prayer, your request. Even though you were cleansed, you had to uh, present that offering before the priest could pronounce you clean. Amen? So there was a law to be fulfilled for them. What about the one guy? We bring the sacrifice up. Did he offer that? Oh, yeah. So he made his offering. So he wasn't skirting the law. He's obeying the higher law. Huh? And when you worship God and when you praise him, you think that would have worked for those other nine? It sure would have. If it worked for one, it would have worked for the other ones. Amen? They all could have obeyed that higher law. Amen. And so he completes the cycle of, of the required offering, the required sacrifice by worshiping God, offering him up the sacrifice of praise, fell down on his face, bowed low and worshiped him. Amen. So they begin to, when, when you hear the word of God, you hear of Jesus just like they did. They used what faith they had to ask, to make their request. Amen. When we hear the word, we do the same thing. We believe and we ask. Amen. Next, we need instructions on how to receive. Amen. So in this, the, the, the instruction is go show. Amen. Go let the person that pronounced you see that you're no longer unclean. Amen. So it's it's a, a legal thing where you have to let the one who has the power remove that from you. Amen. When we go and show, amen, what you're doing, say for instance you You've been given a diagnosis and, you know, they tell you you're on restricted duty. Well, you can either do that or you can go and show yourself to yourself. See, you're the first person you show because you're the one who's got to be convinced that your faith is working. So you you act like you're healed before you're healed. You show yourself that you're healed. You show yourself that the word's working. You show yourself that you can do these things. You show yourself with God's help you can get, get back on your feet again. You can do the things that you needed to do. You show yourself these things. Amen. So you're the first person you show it to. Oftentimes, God will have you go show yourself to the person that made the diagnosis on you. Amen? When you have that deposit of faith and God tells you, your faith has made you whole, now go show yourself to the doctor. Go show yourself. 
You know, when the doctor gives you a follow-up appointment, that's your go show. You look for yourself to be better. You look for yourself to be closer to either getting off the medicine, getting the diagnosis changed or something, whatever you're asking God for. So <clears throat> some people need to go show themselves and others, God will just tell you, you know, you can stop taking that now. You don't need to take it anymore. And this is not something that you decide on your own. Amen. You have to get assurance from God. You have to have, you have to be like that, that tenth leper. Amen. That when you look, you realize that you are healed. You have that assurance in you that, that you are healed. If, if you're on medication, the doctor will tell you either to quit taking it or how to get off of it because he'll tell you you don't need it anymore. Amen. And so it's good to just know that, that, that go show can, can be a number of things. You can, you can go and show yourself or you can get up every day and show yourself that you're getting better. Amen. You, you're able to do more. You're, you're less pained. You're, you're more agile. Amen. You, you can go, you can exercise longer without distress. All of that stuff. That's part of winting. Using your faith every day and showing yourself that the word of God is working in you, that you are healed, that your symptoms are diminishing. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with checking yourself out. We check ourselves when something hurts. We start noticing that all over the place. So if hurt means you're sick, why can't less hurt mean you're healed? Just a thought. Keep that in mind, folks. But many times we're just looking for the negative thing. We're not looking for the absence of pain. Or if it's, we said, well, I had a good day. Why can't you be healed? You could have more than a good day. Because pretty soon if you keep saying, you know what, God, I felt healed today. I felt like there was nothing wrong with me whatsoever. That's your faith talking. Keep talking out of that spirit of faith. Amen? You string 15 or 20 of them good days together, and I guarantee you, you'll start talking different. You'll you'll re-diagnose yourself. Amen? Be looking for it to get better. Be looking to to have more and more better days. And and if you have a day where you're not feeling so swift, don't let that take you all the way back to square one. Huh? Well, Lord, I'm not real good today, but I'm going to rejoice and be glad right here. Huh? I'm going to do what the tenth leper did. Amen? I'm going to offer up the sacrifice of praise today. Not feeling my best. Whatever, but I'm offering this up to you, Lord. I'm going to praise you, and I expect that when I'm done, this pain will be gone. Amen. This restriction will be loosened. I'm expecting more to come because I'm being obedient to you. I'm keeping my covenant. When you worship him, you keep covenant with him. You don't have to do anything extraordinary because you ain't going to do it no way. So let's quit. Come on now. Let's. Let's do the simple things. <laughs> uh, 
the lepers were told two things. They were told, go show yourself to the priest and be examined by him. You, you of course, had to offer a, a sacrifice before he would look at you, okay? Just like your doctor. You'll just walk in that office and get up on that table. They stop you at the desk. Get your insurance. Get your papers. How are you going to pay for this? It's the same principle. So you go show and fork that money over. Then they look at you. Am I lying? Thank you. God's healings can be scrutinized and examined by any expert and validated. Amen. (laughs) Thanksgiving, praise, required sacrifices, folks. They are required. Many times God will have you do things, you know, required sacrifice could be your time. Your effort. Amen. Giving God your full attention. You know, do a little bit more around the church. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I know. Pierce thought, oh, I don't do that too good. Whatever. You understand what I'm saying? But winting is winting. You start acting like a normal healed person and normal health will come to you. Amen. The more you can do on that road, the easier your healing will come to you. You'll be walking and one day realize, you know what? I haven't had that pain in so long or, or that weakness is, is gotten stronger now. I'm stronger where I was weak at one time. All of that will happen to you as you go. Amen. You're healed as you went. <laughs> Pastor Shirley, uh, was telling me about this, uh, guy on Facebook. Voo fam, I think it's, y'all know who Voo, brother Voo is, you've seen him on there. Anyway, he, uh, he lives in Defiance, Ohio. And his wife had a stroke and an aneurysm. They air flighted her to Ann Arbor Hospital. And, uh, God told him to walk there. And as he walked, glorify God. And God would heal his wife. She's had a couple of strokes, maybe three strokes, two brain bleeds. Every surgery she has, it goes well. They did, they, at first she had a 10% chance of surviving the night. And as he, he posted on Facebook, he asked for prayer for his wife and people began to join him walking in a company. He said, I'm walking for Jesus. And on the way he would witness to people, pray for people. Ask him if they knew the Lord. By the time he walked to Ann Arbor, there was at least 20, 25 people that had joined him off and on. He got all the way there to see his wife. They made exceptions for him to go in and see her, even with this COVID thing. And and he posts every day on Facebook. She starts waking up. She can look into the camera. She smiles. You understand what on command, those things don't happen when you're brain dead or whatever they're expecting. And he always says God's healing her. Oh yeah, well she's, he's, she's healed. My God's given me a miracle. Always glorifying God. Amen. The sacrifice of praise, folks. 
The sacrifice of devoting yourself. Instead of sitting up crying, wringing your hands, he decided to ask God, what can I do to glorify you? Because you're going to heal my wife and I'm going to give you the glory. Well, he's given the glory as he goes. He's winting. Amen. And God's honoring it. This woman's had three brain surgeries. And I don't think it's been more than like, anybody follow them on Facebook? Anybody else follow them? But, uh, Pastor Shirley does. And she, we pray for them. She prays for them. And, uh, I know it's been, it had to have been like Christmas when this happened. But, but she's getting better and better. She's getting beyond. And he said, yeah, the doctors say she come through surgery very well. Flying colors, you know, wonderful. Always a good report. Always a good report. And he just, I take my baby home one day. She's getting better and better. My baby. He said, who has all these strokes? My baby didn't survive. Glory to God. Amen. And so, <laughs> so he's always glorifying God. Simple praise, folks. Witnessing Christ, sacrifice of praise, instead of worrying, wondering, being depressed and discouraged. If he is, probably does a little bit here and there, but every time you see him, oh, Camry's glorifying God and expecting, amen, expecting her to get better. Amen. So he, you can went to receive your healing, but also you went to keep your healing. Amen. Um, the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus told her, go your way, your faith has made you whole. Now this is the highest level of healing. No restrictions. <laughs> you know how it is sometimes if you say you've had heart disease or something and they put you on medication for a while and now you gotta watch because you can't assert yourself too much. You know, I would I would do a little exercise and gradually work up to it a little bit more, but don't overtax your heart. Always left with a residual instruction. Amen. With with the woman wish of the issue of blood, she had no residual instructions. She was free. Her faith made her whole. The Bible says she knew within herself that she was healed. Let me see if I can find her. Let me see. Mark chapter 5, I think she's in. Matthew, Mark. Mark. We'll look at her. I won't rush through this. I'll just take my time. Certain things happen to her. Now she's wanting to get her her healing. Amen. It says, in verse 28, verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, now she had heard for many years from physicians that she wasn't getting any better. Then she heard something different. Mostly, we got to change how we hear. 
sometimes you've heard the same scriptures over and over again. But there are times when they need to come alive to you more. Amen. Than just kind of like passive listening. You got to eat that word. You got to embrace that word. You got to wrestle that word down until you capture it and make it a part of you. You got to refuse to go away without totally accepting the truth of that word for you. Because many times we can agree with the Bible and say, oh yeah, God heals, God heals. You better believe he heals you. Amen. That's, that's when it's a little different when it's your case. And so here this lady decides to go hear something different. Number one, she's out of money. Sometimes it's good to be broke. Cause then you gotta depend on God. You gotta pay attention. You gotta listen. Being broke is the same thing as being out of options. They couldn't do anything for her. Sometimes when they tell you it's incurable, then you know if you're gonna get over it, you gotta go to God. Amen? God, I can't live like this for the rest of my life. I have a covenant of health. You say I'm healed. And I want that to be a reality in my life. Put me on the road. I want to get there. Amen. And so the first thing she has to do is change her mind about what she hears. She decides not to listen to uh the the people anymore, the doctors anymore. She hears about Jesus and changes what she thinks. You can't hear the word without changing. You have to change your confession. You change your thinking. Change your expectation. It says, when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, and one one account says she said within herself. It's important what you tell you. Not what other people tell you, but what you tell you. What do you say to yourself when when nobody's around but you? Do you wonder how long it's going to take for this to happen? Or do you say, you know what, God, if I could really get closer to you, I'll get this. If I can get that one revelation that's holding me up, I'll get this. If I can get one more thing, I'll get this. Amen. And so you got to make up your mind that you're going to get it. In our situation, we make up our minds that we have it already. And it can manifest on us at any time. Under her covenant, she had to go do something to touch him to get it. Amen? He was right there walking around. So she had to figure out a way to get that power from him to her. She knew it was a matter of touch. And she knew he had something that was going through him that drove disease out of people. And she says... She came in the press behind him and touched him. She didn't ask him to touch her. She was afraid he would have refused. Now somebody ought to get free on that one. You ever been scared God was going to say no to you? Of course you have. Huh? Have you ever been afraid you didn't measure up? Of course you have. 
That's what keeps most of us from pressing in and taking what belongs to us. It's yours for the taking. She took it and her covenant wasn't as good as ours. She was under, she was under the unclean law too. Amen. Can't touch nobody. Nobody touch you. You contaminate everybody. See, this is a good, this is a good message for people who's been rejected all their lives. I want to be God, believe God, but you know, I've been rejected enough. Well, honey, I got a good story for you. Here's a woman that wasn't even supposed to be out in the streets. They'd have called on her just for being out, let alone touching a priest, a holy man. Seriously? But her faith told her she had to do that. As a point of contact to let the power, to let the desire she had for the power of God come into her and drive disease out of her body. She needed to do, she needed that contact. And the Holy Spirit knew that. She said, if I could just touch his clothes, he don't need to touch me, but I need to touch him. Amen. That's how we get healed. We touch Jesus. They're meditating on the word, believing the word, thanking him for healing us. Sometimes thanking him all day long, all night long, whatever you feel led to do. Amen. And as soon as she touched him, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, Amen. Turned around in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples turned around and asked him, he said, these are a lot of people around here. What do you mean who touched you? Bad ushering. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, fell down before him and told him she confessed everything. Now listen, Jesus knew who it was. Because he knew everything. Why did he ask who touched him? Dude, oh wow, I had that kind of time. We better speed, we better speed this up. I don't have Eric, Tra- Alec Trebek time. What'd you say, Cloretta Tyar? He, she needed to give her testimony. See, cause we have her testimony here of how it happened. See, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Amen. So the reason we know what she thought is she told him all the truth. She spilled the beans. I've been a doctor 12 years and I didn't get it. You know, like they do at the healing services. Amen. We've all seen it. So it was testimony time. <laughs> so he listens to her testimony and he says, she got it. 
That's what he tells her. He says, you know what? Your faith did this. He says, go your way and behold of your plague. Your faith did that to you. You need to know that. See, you need to know what your faith is doing. (laughs) You can't be guessing. You don't want to be guessing. There's a way to be certain. Jesus makes you certain that your faith is is doing what it's supposed to do for you. He said, be whole of this plague. In other words, this thing has been bugging you for 12 years. No more. He says, you're free from this forever. It's not coming back on you. It's not going to hit you again. You're not going to sit down one day and look underneath you and see that you're bleeding again. It's not going to happen to you. Amen. He says, your faith got you to the point where it's no more. Amen. That's what faith does for us, folks. Now, the devil is going to follow you around and tell you, no, you, now, wait a minute. Now, you mean to tell me all them years and it's just stop, you just touch him one time. Uh, Yeah, devil. Amen. And I'm bulletproof now. You can't touch me. You can't put your hands on me. Disease cannot touch me, will not come nigh my dwelling. I'm living in Psalm 91 right now. Amen. I'm not living for you anymore. And so winting folks will always get us healed. And in her situation, it kept her healed. Amen. Because she went to him to receive her healing. She had to move out in faith and get to the man of God who touched her. Amen. And then he told her, he said, you go your way because your faith bought that for you. You don't have to worry about the devil messing with you with that anymore. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, that your word is with power. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness of God, the goodness that's in your covenant. Thank you, Lord, for the peace that passes all understanding, keeps our hearts and our minds. I thank you, Lord, we are healed. No doubt about it. Symptoms and all, we're healed. We're healed anyway. We're healed by your stripes. We've been pronounced healed. We've been pronounced whole. We have a blood covenant that says we are healed. And we have every right to expect symptoms to leave. They must flee. In the authority of the name above every name, the name of Jesus, nothing can stand in the face of the name of Jesus and the power of his blood. So we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of your covenant. Why don't we do our confession? I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And we thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed, amen. Praise God. Amen.